whimsical, so unpredictable here on the SNL Network. Yes, that is right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SNL Network's Hot Take Show, coming to you live right after the Lizzo Double Duty episode of Saturday Night Live. My name is John Schneider from the SNL Network, and yes, I am shocked I have clothes on as well. So, uh, so great to be here (laughs) with you all. We have an incredible panel. We have a wonderful chat who's going to tell us all of their thoughts on all the sketches. So make sure you put your comments in there as we go through the night. And I just want to wish everybody a very happy Easter, a happy Passover to all those who are celebrating. Hope you're having a nice weekend if you are off work and, and being with your families. And thank you for joining us and staying up late. All right, let's introduce the panel we have here tonight. First up, it is the legendary Kaylee Morrison. Kaylee, how are you? I am well. How are you doing, John? I am doing great. It's always great to get your thoughts on the show. So we're going to get right back to you to hear your hot takes in just a moment. Uh, joining us as well, it is the owner of the Cold Town Theater, the wonderful Dave Buckman. Dave, how are you? Good. Happy Easter. Happy Passover. Happy Ramadan. Happy tax day, everybody. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> lots, lots of other stuff going on as well. So uh, happy, happy show. A lot of fun stuff happening tonight. So uh, it's going to be a great night to talk through everything. And uh, last time she joined us, it was the first time on the SNL Network podcast. And everyone said, wow, Kalina is so fiery. You have to have her back on another hot take show. And she is back. Kalina Steckel is here. Kalina, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be back. What a great show to come back for. Yes, for sure. Kalina, I know there's a lot going on with you. I recently saw you on television. I saw you at the night of the Jimmy switched. So uh, yes. that, that was a big night. If, if anybody missed that and wasn't watching Jimmy Kimmel live uh, the night of April 1st, uh, check out Kalina on there. And we'll sh- I'm sure we'll hear that story on the podcast again later on. But we have we have business to attend to. We got to talk about the Lizzo episode. So let's give our hot takes or headlines from the episode. Kaylee, I'll start with you. What were your overall thoughts on the night? I thought uh, in two words, hot and weird, which I think is, you know, how I would sum up Lizzo. So I I think um, weird in a good way. That's not a pejorative in my book. Um, So, yeah, hot and weird. Uh, I liked it. That was really good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dave, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, nostalgic and breaking. Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, What was nostalgic to you? Oh, uh, are you kidding? Uh, the Six Flags guy, uh, <laughs> the uh, Beanie Babies, the uh, what was the third one? What was the, the third Black one? Eyed Peas and Black Eyed Peas? Yes, yeah, uh, of course. Of mining course, yeah. the early two thousands for our uh, our humor tonight. Yeah, yeah. So, is it nostalgic or is it as Lauren would say, uh, "Why now?" So that that was kind of <laughs> the, the thought on a lot. Why of things. twenty years late? <laughs> yes, but we're going to talk. We're going to talk about all of that. And Kalina, over to you. What is your hot take or headline from the night? I don't have a hot take. I, I really liked it. Um, maybe my only hot take would be that I feel like as you get towards the end of the season, certain episodes feel like you can tell the writers are like. We're going to throw stuff to the wall and see what sticks because we're riding out the last couple of episodes. And I think they did that in a way that was really effective for their host for the week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like my hot take, honestly, is I think Lizzo is one of the best double duty hosts that they've had in a very long time. I mean, anybody who knows me knows about my love of Justin Timberlake. I mean, I'm not saying that Lizzo (laughs) was was JT tonight. But uh, what I would say is that uh, she came in, she had confidence, she had swagger. And obviously, you know, like this is who she is. But for fans who who of SNL who don't necessarily know Lizzo as much, they were introduced to a force tonight. You know, she was there. She was majorly a part of every single sketch. I definitely 
definitely think she added to the night. And I think there was a lot of fun. I think I see that all over the chat. The energy was infectious. It was fun. So uh, I hope that's the type of podcast we're going to have as well as we go through all of the sketches from tonight. And uh, let's start with our cold open. So as we said, Easter has been around. Uh, spring has sprung and Bowen comes in as the Easter bunny. Uh, we have a lot of impressions in here. And, and what was really interesting is uh, we got a little bit of a dress report. So there was a couple things cut from this. I'll let you guys know as we go through. So uh, Kate was there as Fauci for the sixth time. Cecily was there as Marjorie Taylor Greene for the sixth time. Chris was there as Eric Adams for the second time. He had an Eric Adams sketch that was originally cut from the Zoe Kravitz episode. Uh, but this is really the second time we're seeing Chris as Eric Adams. Mikey comes in as Elon Musk for the second time. We we originally saw that in the Owen Wilson premiere. Chloe was as, there as Britney Spears for the fifth time. Kyle was there as Jared Leto. We have not seen anybody play Jared Leto on SNL since Brooks Whelan back in the day. JJ uh, comes in as Trump for the sixth time. And then cut at dress, what was in the dress one, was Keenan playing Herschel Walker and Aristotle as Dr. Oz. So it was trimmed a little bit for the live show. Okay, Kaylee, thoughts on the cold open chat? Make sure to put your thoughts in as well. Oh, well, um, I, I thought it was fine. You know, <laughs> like I, I, I didn't feel like strongly either way. Um, some of the impressions I liked better than others. Like, um, I mean, just the joke of us thinking that Kyle was Jesus and then it was Jared Leto. I thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, and I love Bowen as the Easter bunny. Um, I always, I mean, I don't know how they balance the time. I think it could have been shorter. Maybe there's a technical reason why it's not shorter, but ah, uh, yeah, it was fine. Okay. Yeah. Dave, what did you think of it? Yeah, I was hoping it was going to be all Bowen the whole way through. Uh, that was going to be my hope at the top. But I will never get sick of uh, JJ's Trump. I just, the stream of consciousness bit, I, I've seen it, you know, we've seen it, you just think like you said six times and on, uh, on, uh, online before. And I just, it's so fun to me every time he says something like Reese says, not sorry. That kills me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got actually some of the Dr. Oz script in my closed captioning tonight too. So that was a spoiler for me. Really? Uh, that ah, I to that's interesting. Read, read that jokes. Yeah. Read those jokes. That's interesting. So they, in the closed, ca the closed captioning people didn't realize that Aristotle was cut and just put in the lines. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fascinating to know. Uh, Kalina, what did you think of the cold open? Yeah, I'm kind of a mix of, of the two of you. I mean, I broke out into hysterics when Bowen appeared in the bunny costume. I break into hysterics anytime Bowen is on screen. He's he's really kind of become that person for me where literally just seeing him on screen just makes me start laughing. And then when you yeah. just kind of put him in something ridiculous like a bunny costume, it's great. Um, I don't know why, for some reason, Mikey's Elon Musk was killing me. I could not stop laughing, even though it was so dumb. Um, and then for me, I was annoyed to see, like the Trump character come back because it's like, come on, like we're, we don't need to keep having him on the show. Cause that was kind of my criticism for as much as Saturday Night Live was the platform for the Trump jokes and always has been a platform for politics. It, to me at one point got like very overused and overdone and like, come on, you guys are smarter. You're more creative than this. So it was a little bit of an eye roll to see it come back. Um, and overall the cold open for me is probably just kind of like somewhere in the middle. Yeah, see, I don't have a problem with JJ as Trump in general. I mean, I've always advocated the impression's really good. I think that if they have something to say with it, they should use it. But I definitely feel like it's it's becoming extremely predictable that we're bouncing back and forth between 
JAJ as Biden and JAJ as Trump. It's just to me like it, it's really crazy. It's like oh, as soon as he does it one time, he's going to do the next one the next time, and that is a pattern that like you don't want to necessarily see develop. Because I, I again, nothing against James. This isn't about him. It's just about the uh, the strategy about you know how you're going to put this guy out on his first season on the show. So um, yeah, I, I think it was an interesting choice. But look, when you have a cold open like this, again, it, I, I thought it was fine. When you have a cold open with multiple sets and you're going to have people coming in as different impressions, you can help as an SNL fan to start to compare one impression to another or one spot to another. And then you end up choosing the ones that you like more than others. So, you know, like we can all criticize the concept of the cold open and what it was, but at the end of the day, we're just going to say, Hey, these impressions we like the best, these ones we're tired of. And I I would say for me, at least, uh, Kyle as Jared Leto for me was original. It was fresh. And I mean, like Kyle Mooney Brazier, I would just say like, I enjoyed that they went in that direction with that, as opposed to some of the things that we've seen for, you know, five or six times, even Chris Redd as Eric Adams, happy to have that back. So for me, uh, like the newer things, I think that if you're going to be doing this, let's get some things that maybe we haven't seen before. And as example, Aristotle as Dr. Oz would have loved to seen that understand, you know, maybe it didn't work as well as some of the other ones. So Um, guys, anything else on the cold open? All right, yeah. let's get into the <laughs> let's get into the Lizzo part of the show. Let's talk about Lizzo on uh, coming out for her monologue. So, like I said, came out with so much energy, so much fun. We got to see Lizzo's mom Shari in the cold open, which is always really fun. Sometimes they only bring out you know relatives or, or show them for Mother's Day, which obviously will be coming up in our next episode. But um, I loved that she came out. And uh, Dave, what did you think about Lizzo in her monologue? I love it. It's so personal, so genuine. I think. I, I, I th- hot take. I think this is, might be the best year ever for monologues. Uh, I can't imagine a year uh, that was been better as far as um, honesty and truthfulness and and funniness, that genuine funniness, rather than those old tropes of like the fake audience members or the cast coming in to help for uh, for some reason. I, those always seem so phony and um, um, just. Uh, 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 put on to me so i I love that we're actually digging deep as to what snl means to each of these hosts and what uh why they're why they're happy to be there and where they came from telling their story a little bit we're getting a lot of hosts that not the entire population knows that well so getting to like introduce these people to general audiences has been wonderful and i've really been enjoying the honesty of them yeah, and I just want to say, uh, Dave, it's an amazing point because I also think that uh, I don't know if this was a producer's decision or what, but I know that Mike Dicenzo, yeah, Mike Dicenzo and uh, Jake Nordwin have been involved in a ton of monologues, specifically Mike Dicenzo this season. And if we're going to credit monologues for the entire season, I have to give props to Mike Dicenzo. Uh, for I love that they took that. Really I, lo- yeah. I love that they took that and said, let's let's do something better this year with this area of the show, and it's paying off. I think. Yeah, and I think like as fans, we're all just like, hey, maybe they should do that with the cold opens at this point. <laughs> like, find find a cold <laughs> open uh, section that could be adjusted. Um, Kalina, so I was watching this tonight, and I said to myself, I said, okay, when I go to Kalina on the monologue, I have to ask her about Lizzo being pregnant with Chris Evans' baby joke. So was that for you? <laughs> so I, despite like knowing that he's in Atlanta filming Ghosted right now, I took out my phone and started recording when she started talking about rumors because I was like, I swear to God, if this man, if Chris Evans shows up on the stage right now, my face will physically melt off my skull. Um, that did not happen. I was like, okay. be rational. He's not here. It's fine. So yes, the joke, the mention of Chris Evans uh, made me very happy. 
in general, I thought her monologue was incredibly energetic. And I, I think people like audience members forget that the monologue really sets the tone for the show when the host comes out and they can't stop looking at the cue cards or they're kind of like stagnant and their shoulders are kind of tight or you can tell that the jokes are like not written for their voice it really kind of sets your attitude for what you're expecting from the rest of the show so her coming out blue sparkly happy excited i thought was a great kick to it i will say though i always forget which bad words you're allowed to say on snl and which words you're not so at the first mention of bitch i was like is she not gonna be invited back to the show and then it rolled into like the entire bit <laughs> in her monologue so i was very glad to to remember that that was like perfectly fine so i thought it was a great start yeah, I think the the bitch count was high tonight in the show. So it was. I think it was. I think it was no problem. The censors were like, no problem. Um, I wish they had a little counter in the bottom of the corner. Yeah, oh, see, yeah. I love your thought. That's that's a great thought, uh, Dave. Okay, Kaylee, what did you think of the monologue? I found the monologue to be more cute and sweet, which, which I, it was just good. More cute and sweet than funny. There were jokes, and they were they landed, they worked, but like I don't other than the bitch joke i don't really remember them uh but i i think she did a good job with it i think she looked stunning i think you know it was really fun to see her it was fun but it, i did i was not like loling right yeah yeah i mean i i, I would agree i would just you know i was interested in my, my only question for the monologue really was why was Lizzo's mom not on stage with her? Like, why did they have to go into the upper deck to to point her out? But I mean, besides that, like I was having fun with it. Like I said, came out, looked really, really on point. And like, you could just tell the confidence of somebody, um, you know, in their monologue. A lot of times you could just like see how they're ready to go for the night. And I just felt like she was like, hey, I'm about to have the best night of my entire life hosting SNL. And you just got that vibe from her right away. So um, I really, really enjoyed this, both from a comedic perspective and just from who Lizzo is as a person okay next up we start with our first sketch of the night and uh, of course i know many of you were watching the show live and many of you see in the commercials you see another game show sketch and let, let me tell you this is um according to our our friend ellis this is the fourth straight episode with a game show in it and uh it, it feels like a million in a row that they started with one um obviously keenan comes in and i, I don't want to butcher this so with as uh, clint Literous um, contestants were <laughs> contestants work Ego, uh, Lizzo, and Chris Red, and uh, obviously uh, a lot of talk here about uh, guesses, and then uh, guessing about the airport JFK. Lizzo says Robert Kennedy, and it goes off on a whole tangent about Lizzo versus the host. So, Kalina, starting with you here, what were your thoughts on Guess That, our trivia game show? So initially, I thought it was going to be Black Jeopardy again, so I got really excited mm -hmm. because I always loved the writing for Keenan in those sketches. And so then when it wasn't that, I was like, okay, wait, I don't, I don't think I know what this is. I was pleasantly surprised by how funny it was. I really love the chemistry between um, Lizzo and Chris and Ego in that scene. It, it built up really well. Uh, I did not expect where it was going. Um, I believe we got a good quet from Keenan in this sketch, which is always my favorite thing that he says or does in any given sketch. Um, and then this was, I, I've said before that unfortunately, and it's not fair for me to be, but whenever I see someone um, either hosting for the first time or someone who's not necessarily an actor that's hosting, I tend to be overly critical about like how comfortable they seem or if they're looking at the cue cards a lot and mm. her energy was like through the roof immediately. She looked like this was like her fifth time hosting. And, um, I don't know. She, she just seemed like really zoned in. I was literally sitting there being like, wow, I wonder if she like 
memorize the lines to this sketch because it just seemed it seemed so natural so even though yes I was also like okay another game show I thought it was a nice like ease into the rest of the episode yeah yeah definitely I mean I I wonder what the logistics are for the reason why they would start with this one versus others but I I think that um yeah this one had a lot of like it's it started off slow for me and it really really ramped up and of course we're going to get into it so uh Kaylee what were your thoughts on the trivia game that we saw tonight Ultimately, I loved it. I felt like it had like it had to warm up a little bit. Um, at first, when we first saw, it was just like a straight up trivia. Like there were no jokes in the yeah. first two questions. I was like, okay, it's just a trivia game. There's no like fun twist to it. But then eventually, we get the fun twist with the contestants' personalities. And I love how the three contestants all banded together um, against Keenan, and I thought that worked really well. But yeah, she Lizzo was a pro in this, and I think she um bounced off uh ego and and chris so well so i thought i thought ultimately it won it just took a little bit to get there yeah yeah i would agree with that dave what do you think i don't mind the abundance of game show sketches i love game show sketches i love game show sketches uh all day uh and even more so than a good game show sketch i like when a sketch when a game show sketch isn't the premise isn't in the title of the game show so you know i love you know i love uh, uh meet your second wife i love what's my name uh those kind of <laughs> sketches are great black jeopardy but when a sketch doesn't have the premise in this game show title i feel like buckle up because we're in for something weird which i love and i love when we just kind of break the format of the game show and it turns into something else completely different like uh that uh chaos one that bill Hader did where he was just like causing havoc in these people's lives which is great um so uh out of all i know we're doing a lot of game show sketches lately but this this was the best one because it wasn't a game show it was a relationship sketch Dave, do you in general prefer game show sketches that are like in the style of a Celebrity Jeopardy and Family Feud where the concept is the same, but the the impressions change? Or you prefer this where they I like consistently them all. change? Yeah. I think I like them all. I just like good writing. Uh, I think, you know, writing is the key to any of those sketches. So if you're going to follow a format that we all know and love, you know, use the format to take it places where I've never seen it go before that particular game. But if you're going to make up a game show, have a great premise like Meet Your Second Wife. That's one of the best game sketches of all time. But then you get these sketches where they're not game show sketches. They're just using the format or the 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 uh, uh, the, the aesthetics and the and the um, the structure of a game show to do something completely different, which I think takes so much more um, brain energy and creativity from the writers, which I really appreciate. Yeah, I definitely think that's something that they've been attempting to do a lot more recently is they have a concept for a sketch and it's almost like it's packaged Mm -hmm. in a game show as opposed to the game show becomes the sketch concept and they're trying to figure out how to write the game show. But even doing something like doing like a press your luck where uh, did they do a press your luck once where it was like the whammies or sounds very familiar. Someone in the chat if you got a sketch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So those kind of sketches are great too because they're using a format that we all know the dating game and uh, uh, the secret word uh, with Kristen Wiig. Those are always fun. I always love them. Even though, you know, there's like seven or eight of them and they're the same sketch every time. The jokes are great. The jokes are great in each of them because um, uh, they're they're killing it. And even they're so formulaic as well. But I don't mind that at all because I I think just think game shows are so funny to begin with. I was just going to comment immediately when he said secret word in my brain. I saw Kristen Wiig like. Theater juice. Yes. Like it's, it's insane. 
how it sticks with you when it's good. You know, like he's not wrong. The good writing and the right actor in the setting, regardless if it's like a retired or, you know, really recycled bit, it works really well when it works really well. For sure. hundred percent. Kaylee, anything else on the game show sketch? Uh, no, I like them. Let's have some more of them. Cool. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, Kaylee, let me go back to you. Let's talk about the TikTok pre-tape that we saw. And this is the second time we have seen this sketch this season. This was in the Billie Eilish episode. And now it came uh-huh. back for the Lizzo episode. So, um, you know, this is obviously a format to get every single SNL cast member doing their thing. And we've seen different versions of this over the years between like impression offs. And obviously now they're taking the TikTok format for this. So uh, what were your thoughts on the TikTok pre-tape? And did you have a favorite moment inside of it? Yes. Uh, So my first initial thought was, (laughs) wow, this is depressing because I feel (laughs) old. Uh, I mean, I am familiar with TikTok. However, it's not my... Uh, comfort zone uh it feels like it's more for younger folk than myself um and i thought oh no now snl is going i'm i'm, I'm aging out of snl it feels like but no not really um uh-huh. but as you- <laughs> if you haven't if i uh, haven't you, you never will well it, it just I was like oh when am i gonna not be able to keep up with the references it might be sooner than <laughs> i think but i i feel like uh or i was gonna say so my favorite that I can remember at the moment is Bowen with singing as the, the Tom's diner guy. Who's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was so good. Oh, yes. That was, that was very funny. Um, Dave, did you have a favorite part of this TikTok thing? And what do you think about the sketch as a whole in terms of the packaging of it? Yeah. I, it's so interesting because the last time they did this one, I was not looking at TikTok, and one of my friends started blowing up on TikTok. So I downloaded TikTok and started scrolling and damn, that algorithm has got me to a T. But I really <laughs> enjoy this one uh, so much more because not only do I enjoy full cast scenes to begin with, but I actually got so much more of the TikTok references this time. And they were <laughs> spot on. Some of my favorite tropes on TikTok, they nailed that Tom's Diner guy, uh, uh, the pr- uh, pranking your grandmother, uh, that stupid dance that like uh, Heidi and Mikey were doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The couple snaps. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so so many good. Uh, I loved all of them. But I think my favorite was Andrew as the cat person trying to explain the Ukraine uh, situation. <laughs> that to me is everything that I love about Andrew Dismukes, uh in one five second moment. Okay, because I, I think Andrew had a really good night, and I think there are moments later that I definitely want to talk about in terms of what what point I did. But yeah, that that is a good a good point. Um, Kalina, what did you think about the TikTok sketch? So I'm very much with Kaylee. Like I lightly use it and it's mostly just for cooking videos. So I can like save recipes and follow along (laughs) in little 60 second spurts. Um, And so I I literally like audibly groaned out loud in my apartment. I was like, oh my God, we're like SNL is at the point where they feel like they have to do TikTok sketches to keep up. And it it was the first moment in a while where I felt like SNL was really like, playing the game you know moving the chess pieces around and like targeting a specific demographic and i don't like that i like when snl is just really weird and just you know funny for whatever is funny not because like oh well the kids say tiktok's funny so we're gonna make all of our cast members record these i don't know i was annoyed at first but then i got around to it because of stuff like andrew this was also the first time in the night that alex muffet showed up and so i was like 
stressed out because I'm like, really? He's he's like the token white guy that has the problem with critical race theory. Like he's the he's that <laughs> joke in this. And I was concerned it was gonna be like the only time that he showed up in the episode. So I will admit that I was like briefly stressed out while watching it. Um but I will say Lizzo and Sarah like scream laughing into the microphone and them continuing to go back to that. I mean, I just love anything that Sarah does. So that that got me pretty good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that my I honestly think my favorite part was James Austin Johnson crawling around on the floor. And then I think I love that button in the end. I thought that was so great when he's actually the dad and then he shows up like this was this was really great. I think Lizzo and Sarah swearing was very, very funny. Oh, um, so yeah, th those moments like really got me. Um, I actually really enjoy it. I like that they're doing this. Um, my only thing is and like maybe it's just me and like panel i would love if you could just tell me if i'm completely wrong about this but like are they going too fast through the tiktoks because like i don't know if like it was just me taking notes at the same time or like trying to obviously figure out what's happening on the screen while also analyzing it and maybe chat feels differently but like i just felt like it was zooming through it to the point where i was like not processing each thing that was happening and i wonder if i'm gonna enjoy this like way more on a second watch because if i enjoy a certain section i can like go back and rewatch it so like for a live show i feel like it's really really tough I to like their credit that. that's kind of what tiktok it. is though yeah that's what i was yeah. gonna say for sure for sure yeah yeah <laughs> i went back and watched it during a commercial break uh just to catch it again and make sure i got everything but yeah, that is pretty much how fast TikTok goes. If I don't like something, if they don't get me in the first three seconds, I'm going to the next one. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, it it felt honest uh, to the format, to the to the genre, to me. I think the chat like mostly agrees. They most of them, I see most of them saying that it was like the right amount of time, and otherwise it would be dwelling. So yeah, that's totally fine and that's fair. But I think um, yeah, I think one of our, our friends in the chat said it's not really second screen friendly. So I guess if you're if you're trying to like live tweet the show or something like that, then that's this one is definitely a tough one to go through in that case. But overall, um, I'm happy they brought this back. Uh, you know, twice a twice a season. I don't mind this, especially when you're talking about getting cast members which who don't always have like the most screen time, giving them an opportunity to show something off here. Um, I think that you know. That worked. Okay. Let's go on to our next sketch of the night. And this was the Black Eyed Peas sketch. So here we have uh, Lizzo and Adie as music producers. We have Keenan as Will I Am, Cecily as Fergie, Chris as Apple D App, and Bowen as Taboo. Um, and I, I I'll just say, like, I sort of feel like this was made for me. Like, I'm not, like, I, I wouldn't say, like, I'm the biggest, like, Black Eyed Peas fan in the world, but I was, like, this was definitely, like, my generation and, like, high school, this song came out, like, it was, the like, all of the music from the album, the end was, like, the biggest things in the world, and, like, all of the questions that they were asking in the sketch were questions we were talking about at the time, so, like, <laughs> except for, like, why now, this sketch, like, completely met its mark for me, so, Dave, what did you think of it? Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought it was funny. It did. It felt dated to me, but it was so funny that, like, yeah, why? Why could they not write this sketch then? Exactly. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. It, I mean, it was all right there, but maybe we just couldn't see it as a society. I don't know what the answer to that is, but I feel like I wish they didn't check it out at the end. There, I felt like they they went so far into make breaking down the most ridiculous parts of Black Eyed Peas songs and they chickened out the very last one, the most obvious one. And I wish they would have found a better way to land on that. I understand the uncomfortableness of saying the R word on national television these days, but you know, why are we yeah. doing a sketch if we're not gonna if we're not gonna pounce on them for that? 
Well, I actually, I do believe at the time they did have a clean version of that song called Let's Get It Started that was like very popular sure. online. Yeah. So, our, that's not the one they were playing in Europe. I'll tell you that. Yes, much. That, that, that's definitely true. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> so, Kalina, what did you think of this sketch? So here's the thing. I will die on the hill that the Black Eyed Peas are one of the worst bands to ever form. I have felt that way my entire <laughs> life. Um, so I was so excited to see this sketch because I was like, yes, let's break down why they are so bad. I also did not realize for like a good 45 seconds that that's even who that was because I I did not make a point of learning much about the Black Eyed Peas. But then once it started rolling... I was thrilled because whenever I see an intro to a sketch that's set in like a music booth, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I don't think SNL really misses on those. Whenever they do some like absurd, you know, band recording or something, I find I always find those really Lizard funny. Man. And I, I think more cowbell. That's the first one that immediately comes yeah, to mind. Sure, sure. Um, uh, so, no, I, I thought it was great. Cecily really had me cracking up in this one um, when she was doing the people in the place. <laughs> over and over like that bit back and forth and then i think this was also if i'm remembering correctly the first sketch where it seemed like everyone really started to break and then it did not stop after that so um mm -hmm. i cheered i cheered in my apartment alone for this sketch and it is probably tied as my fave of the night yeah i mean just a couple like black eyed peas notes like personally uh first of all uh, <laughs> I, I i would i would agree uh like they're not the greatest band in the world but um where is the love is one of the greatest songs of all time and i will just like i will just say that um but, I don't think I've ever uh, heard it. <laughs> that's crazy to me. That's absolutely insane. Um, but uh, you see what that, I listen to. <laughs> yes, that, that's very true. Um, but I, I, for those who like uh, don't know and, and haven't heard me talk about what I do outside of the podcast, I mean, I, I host and and DJ like a lot of private events, like weddings and stuff oh, like okay. that. Okay. I, I kid you not, like. Uh, what is it? Uh, Thirteen years later, uh, I got a feeling is still like one of the most repressive songs that there possibly is. So like, yeah. there is some relevance here in terms of talking about the band. Uh, Kaylee, what did you think about the sketch, though? Uh, genius! <laughs> I, I, I it was an autopsy of <laughs> pure culture, and I, I when I realized there was a moment I didn't know what was going on. I know what was happening. There was a moment where I realized that Bowen was taboo. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. I, I, yeah, I love the breakdown of, of, of it. it. It was this is what we needed. We need we need a textbook version of this. Uh, I, I remember like being lifted up in the air in the year 2008, <laughs> let's say, and yelling Mazel Tov because of the song. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it just connected with me on a deep level and I, I i thought it was hilarious i i more more dissection of nonsense i say nostalgic yes, nonsense yeah, yes. <laughs> i love yeah, was, i love the sketches that like just try to mine like the try to find logic in absurdity and in true life absurdity that's 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 my favorite yeah, I think it was earlier this week that Melissa Villasenor posted uh, on Instagram, which is like probably her greatest moment in her SNL career, which was her sketch that she did with Sterling K. Brown, where they were uh, singing uh, Nickelback. And uh, I think that, you know, it's like it's like these types of things. It's like they do stick with people like for those who really get it and love the bands. Um, it, it works and it gets passed around a lot. So I can see why they did this. Can I just say on that note, yeah. that was my first time seeing SNL. I was at the dress rehearsal for the Sterling K Brown episode and I was front row center. I sobbed for two hours. 
But when that sketch started and I just saw them building it and getting ready for it because they like the set people accidentally hit me with a tool and I was like, oh my God, they just hit me. This is amazing. Um, I just <laughs> knew this was going to be something like magical and watching it and having to control how hysterically I was laughing because I literally, I was being so disruptive that Alex Muffet turns towards me and his like very handsome ambulance man outfit. And he just looks at me and I can't stop laughing. He's like, it just gives me a double thumbs up. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is just going to be the best sketch ever. And I love that it was received as well as it was. And I hope it lives on the internet for all of eternity. Um, and I want to be buried with that sketch. And that's it. Got it. All right. Let, speaking of best sketch ever, um, wow, did I enjoy the Six Flags sketch that we had tonight? I was laughing so hard <laughs> at this one. So this was uh, this is Mikey Day and Lizzo on a first date. Uh, they go home back to Lizzo's house. Uh, Lizzo actually still lives with her grandfather, played by Sarah Sherman, who is actually Mr. Six, the Six Flags mascot. Um, we also had Ego come in as the grandmother, also a Six Flags guy. Uh, and then I think we had Kyle and Kate and Aristotle. More Six Flags people just kept showing up. This was so weird. This was a Please Don't Destroy written piece and one of the best Please Don't Destroy written pieces, I think, in a while. Like This was just, to me, top tier for the season. So Kalina, would love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, so this this is tied as my favorite sketch, and it's it's like weirdly personal because as a kid I was just obsessed with the Six Flags guy. He was my favorite. I thought he was adorable. I thought he was so funny, despite my fear of roller coasters and a physical health condition that doesn't allow me to ride roller coasters. I was like, that guy makes me want to go to Six Flags. He just has this great energy. So when I saw Sarah come out, I was like. Oh my God, she's going to, she's going to pull off that first layer of clothing. And this is going to be, no, this is going to be the six flags guy. And then it was you guys, it was the six flags guy. And then it just kept going mm -hmm. and more of them kept coming out. It brought me an indescribable amount of joy. The, my only, I guess, criticism is I'm curious after several sketches where it seemed like Lizzo was really just like sailing through I don't know where the cue cards were or if this was like a sketch that maybe got out of order, but I felt like she was so focused on just getting the words out that I feel like she kind of didn't have the opportunity to, I think, lean in and have as much fun as I think she could have had in that sketch, yeah. especially because um, Mikey was, I don't know, like her and Mikey had a really good riff and I just wish I would have seen that develop a little bit more. Otherwise, absolutely loved that sketch. Yeah. Oh, so good. So much to say, but Kaylee, get in here. Let us know your thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I immediately recognize, first of all, I'm going to say Sarah Sherman in my nightmares because last weekend she was my worst <laughs> fear of all time, which is Chucky. <laughs> and I will never forgive <laughs> for that because nothing scares me more uh, than Chucky. And then I was always also afraid of the Six Flags guy. Uh, but I felt better tonight. Being able to laugh made me feel better. I wasn't as afraid of him. I also love the distinction between he's the Six Flags guy and she, Grandma, is a Six Flags <laughs> guy. I thought that was a very important distinction. Get the titles right. Yeah, but um, I thought it was hilarious. And Yeah, I don't know. I Maybe I'm just a sucker for nostalgia, but it just felt so familiar and, and comfortable in a good way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dave, I mean, earlier in the season, uh, there was a lot of talk on the podcast about comparisons between Sarah Sherman and previous cast members. And the, the word around town was Sherry O'Terry vibes that we were getting. Um, hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so that that was the case. I actually got Martin Short vibes from her tonight, <laughs> like a very like Ed Grimley <laughs> style. Um, I, I feel like we have like a Sherry O'Terry Martin Short mix potentially, obviously with the you know dark humor as well. That's but nice. uh, um, the, I mean, you, like you're cooking up a cast member, like this is what you want. Yeah, that reminds me of that sketch. Um, I think it was in season six when Bill Murray, uh, 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 the season six cast was trying to explain who they were uh, to each other. Uh, and, you know, and, uh, Charles Rocket was across between Danny and Chevy and uh, uh, Gail McCoy right. was yeah. across between Lorraine and Jane. And uh, yeah, so I love, the, I love that idea of like um, all these cast members being um, built out of former cast member uh, roles. Uh, I like the sketch a lot. I, I thought my favorite part was Lizzo's low key kind of digs on Mikey Day uh, the whole way through, and I think she might have been just trying to get those things uh, clear clear out. I feel like that was like her main job in that sketch was trying to like yeah. those slight digs at Mikey uh, to make sure that he uh, set him up for his what laughs. Um, but it was silly as hell, and I really enjoyed the hell of that sketch. But. I do see I do see a lot of Sherry O'Terry and Martin Short. That's a really good call. I'd also maybe throw a little Mike Myers in there too. Uh, just mm. a little, little dab of Mike Myers. Yeah, and I just think like SNL nowadays like needs that type of energy. So I feel like this is this is a great thing. And and for this sketch specifically, um, you know, we're gonna explore this way more on our roundtable on Monday. But I I love the the beats of this sketch. I love that there was the high energy parts from mm -hmm. the Egos and the Sarahs, but then it went back down to the, like just the conversation, the intimate talk between Mikey and Lizzo. And I think that going back down really like led to what worked going back up in the sketch. Mm -hmm. So I think that that it was like, it was so perfectly built. Okay. Let's talk about uh, what we got next, which was another really fun sketch. This was our seventh Please Don't Destroy pre-tape that got onto air. And this time, Lizzo goes to our three Please Don't Destroy guys to get new songs because uh, she has writer's block. And uh, this was a lot of fun back and forth. We end up finding out that Lizzo has a crush on Martin. And uh, there was just like, you know, it kind of got crazy. Uh, we ended up getting a music video sort of from Lizzo. So, um, yeah, very fun. Kaylee, what would you think of it? I loved it. I, I thought Lizzo's acting was really good in this. Like she was so committed and, and I felt like the panic. <laughs> and then also like Andrew just mukes as the person that's going to kill her if she doesn't. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, yeah. And the Martin romance or potential hopeful romance was also, uh, yeah, I, I, it was good. I, there was, I almost couldn't hear what they were saying because of the laughter at first. So, yeah. I think people were just really, really having fun with it. And it seems like the chat yeah. absolutely love this one as well. Dave, what did you think of it? Um, yeah, the, I, I do like these guys. I was supposed to see them next week at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. And they bailed. So I was really excited to see them. But I am get, I, they're getting stale for me. These PDD sketches oh. are getting stale for me. Why? It's Because it's, it, it's the same rhythm. It's the same pacing. It's the same misdirection every single time. It's, it's, it, I, I feel like I'm... I am getting bored with the same energy every time. I don't feel like they're mixing that up at all. And it reminds me a little bit of Kevin Nealon's first um, uh, season. He had this weekend update thing uh, like, uh, uh, I'm going to tell you something, this life advice. Actually, no, I'm sorry. That's what I'm really trying to say. I'm really trying to say this thing. And it was a, uh, it was, it was a recurring bit he did maybe six times his first uh, season on weekend update. And it got, and I'm, I'm watching, I just happen to be watching those shows now and they're getting, and it, it gets real old real quick, the more they do them. And I just, I, I, I'm dying for them to get out of that office. 
Uh, I really enjoy the one where they didn't, where they got out of the office and they were in the club uh, being uh, uh, on by, oops, sorry. You're talking uh, about Mr. Subliminal, right? Was that what it was? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. It was not Mr. Subliminal. Oh. It was a weekend update. Uh, it was a weekend update uh, uh, piece where he uh, tried to give you life advice and then he would okay, say, okay. actually, actually, this is, forget what I was saying before. I was just making stuff up. Oh, what right, I'm right, really right, trying right. to say, yeah. That guy, and he did it so many times that season, and it was so boring. Uh, by the end of it, the first time was uh, wonderful, and by the sixth time, I hated it. Um, and I'm, I, I don't want to not like these guys. I just want to see something different. Interesting, yeah, because I, I, I totally that's my hot get take. that. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I totally get that. I just think that um, like a lot of things seem to be clicking for them. So I wonder if it's like okay, let's just you know keep on a good thing right now. But uh, yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the you know what the chat thinks and what the general consensus is. Kalina, what were your thoughts on the please don't destroy pre tape? Yeah, so I mean, first of all, Dave, I actually appreciate a lot of your points because you're not just like oh I don't like these guys. Like you have you you just want to see better for them. So I value that, but. I think I disagree for a couple reasons. Um, I'm I'm at the point now where when I just see you know the the title card, I'm like, all right, this is already going to be great. I'm already excited for whatever this video is about to be. I think it also satiates a what I suspect will be a never ending longing for the Lonely Island. You know, I just I just love digital shorts. I love how tonally, it's always so different. Like the the please don't destroy videos in a way feel so kind of secluded outside of like the SNL humor. And so I think it is kind of like a nice palate cleanser, especially when they throw it kind of midway through the episode. I feel like it kind of like recharges me and resets the energy. This one in particular, I thought um, was fun. I agree with Neely that I thought Lizzo did really well. I love how they're kind of starting to figure out what to do with Andrew Dismukes. And I, I love when she's like, oh, I guess I got to go get killed by Andrew Dismukes. That was a great delivery. That was a great line. I did like that. And then I think, um, Dave, maybe like one more, um, I don't know, maybe like just a thought kind of towards your points is I feel like maybe the reason that these guys are kind of sticking with what's working is because like, it's, it's fair to say that new or newer cast members, if they don't come out with certain material or if they don't kind of find what their thing is pretty quickly, they usually end up being one season, you know? And so I, I think mm -hmm. if they're finding something, like if they have found their niche for now that works and they can get involved with the host and it's funny enough that the audience is receptive to it, I don't mind seeing them coast on that for a while to kind of stabilize their status within the show. And then I'd be happy to see them experiment outside of that. I would agree if we got to see any more of Aristotle anytime during the season. I think <laughs> let's get Aristotle some screen time before I see these guys for the eighth time. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Kaylee, do you want to get in on this conversation? Uh, well, I definitely agree with that last point, Dave. I, I just generally want to see Aristotle more. Um, I, 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 I really like. I'm getting. I, I was really. I didn't know what to think of them at first, uh, and now I'm. I'm excited every time they come on. So I don't know. I just want to see how it shakes out. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, I only was Martin in the Charlie XCX uh, TJ Rocks costume from the Paul Paul Rudd episode. I was I was thinking about that <laughs> as I was watching this. Um, but yeah, I think this was fun. I do think that like uh, you know the Andrew Dismukes uh, factor in here playing off of Lizzo. I think there were elements. I think that um, I, I just think the lines really got me. I think these guys like are like I said are developing themselves as personalities um, on the show. And yes, I I would totally agree with the sentiment about like hey you know there there are cast members. But look. They're going to have the time slot. They are super popular. One of the biggest storylines. We're almost at the end of the season. 
after the season, we're going to do our postseason roundtable. We're going to talk about the biggest storylines of the season. Please don't destroy is, you know, upper billing for, you know, biggest storylines of the season. People knew who they were before. They were names on YouTube and then people knew of their sketches, but not like this. I mean, now they're some of the biggest names and uh, around and, uh, you know, they blew up this year, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And, and I think that, you know, we just uh, maybe the call for something a little bit different is warranted. But I am enjoying what they're doing at the same time. So um, a little bit of both there. Okay. Anything on Lizzo's music tonight? Um, anybody on the panel wanted, got a thought on the music we saw from Lizzo? Catchy, fun, sexy. is awesome. Yeah, it was good. I know that a lot of people uh, look to who is going to introduce a double duty uh, musical guest to see like, okay, which cast members are they going to pick? And obviously they went with Lizzo's mom. So no no clues about who might be leaving the show people when you see that stuff tonight. Um, but yeah, that, that was very cute. Um, okay, let's talk about weekend update from what we saw tonight and uh, some, <laughs> some fun jokes from Jost and Che. Uh, let me tell you what was cut from weekend update tonight. So if you didn't see, we did post this on our Twitter account earlier tonight uh lizzo was uh, supposed to be on weekend update tonight it's you know uh been a, we, we always had sudeikis earlier in the season but uh you know as a host that was on weekend update but it's been a while since a double duty host would have been on weekend update so um that's that has been uh i, I will get i'll get you that stat in a second but lizzo was going to be there with kyle mooney lizzo was going to be baby uh groot and kyle was going to be baby yoda so we avoided that on the live show it, yeah instead we yeah, instead we got Melissa as a Cesar Perez Collins driver and uh, up-and-coming stand-up comic. So let's start talking about that. Kaylee, what were your thoughts on Weekend Update tonight? Uh, well, I laughed so hard, and maybe I'm wrong for this, but I laughed so hard at the grimace joke of the guy who was arrested um, for the shooting. And then he got compared to grimace because he was arrested in a I think, McDonald's. And the, just the visual of it was was hilarious, and Michael Che's delivery was hilarious. Um, I love Melissa. Uh, I, I think that's probably the greatest thing I've seen her do, at least in a long time. Um, I'm so glad she was able to do that. Her face dropping and changing as she went from one mood to another was it was just so well written and well performed. Just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, it was really good. And by the way, that stat is, yeah, the last double duty host to appear on Weekend Update during a spot was Drake in season 41. And uh, the other ones during the history of the show were Queen Latifah, Garth Brooks, Dolly Parton, Stevie Wonder, and Olivia Newton-John. So uh, Lizzo would have been the seventh had she not been cut at dress. Okay, Dave, what were your thoughts on Weekend Update tonight? Uh, it was okay. Not my favorite update uh, run uh, of the season, but I love the Barbie and Ken joke. Uh, the unarmed black guy joke was fantastic too. I loved Melissa. This is definitely in her highlight reel uh, when she gets her best of DVD. Uh, <laughs> Looking for uh, And I loved how she kept referencing the might of Mencia. That was so funny to me. Uh, that was this, she has a mind of Mencia up here. That was great. And uh, of course, uh, so nice to see that Gilbert tribute card. I wish they had shown a clip. For Gilbert, I, in my mind, all week I was hoping, like, hey, Eddie Murphy, you want to come hang out with Lizzo and say a nice thing about Gilbert Gottfried? Um, but that did not happen. Uh, so I'm happy they at least paid tribute to him. Yes, I, I am happy too, and and uh, yeah, I would be remiss not not saying. Obviously, uh, our you know from the SNL network, our RIPs to Gilbert Godfrey, of course, season six cast member on the show, and uh, wasn't on the show for very long, but certainly made an impact during that season. And uh, season six is a season that is widely criticized, but uh, there are some hidden gems in there, and, uh, and he's got a couple of them. 
Yeah, for sure. There are some hidden gems. And obviously, uh, you know, Gilbert comes in and uh, is very young, looks very different than the Gilbert Godfrey a lot of people knew. But if you go back and you watch that from uh, 1980, 1981, there are some fun things in there. And obviously, you know, didn't keep, uh, didn't wasn't kept on through to season seven, but went on to have a fabulous career. So, um, you know, it's I, I'm very a great through. impressionist on top of all that, too. A hundred percent. I'm so thrilled that SNL at least did put the obit bumper. I know that sometimes there's like the little, you know, it's a little bit weird sometimes about, you know, posting things that didn't happen during the non Lauren Michaels era, but uh, very happy they acknowledged him. I know he has been back. Uh, he was there at the 40th anniversary as well, uh, walking down the red carpet and, and at the show. So uh, great to have him uh, as a part of the show. And obviously our thoughts and go out to, uh, you know, everybody who knew Gilbert. Um, okay. Kalina, your thoughts on weekend update tonight. Yeah. Um, I loved weekend update because I love when you can tell that Jost and Che are just sabotaging each other with the writing. And then <laughs> consequently, when that ends in like, I don't want to say bomb necessarily, because I laughed at all the jokes. But when they're met with like, booze or hesitation, we always get great reactions out of Jost and Che from that. And then they end up reacting to each other like, Oh, you said that joke, you suck. Look what you did. You made the audience upset. So I was having a great time kind of with their unspoken banter and their energy with each other i love when they take jokes that they know are like oh, we probably shouldn't say this but think about how <laughs> funny colin's face will look when he does say this um and I, and I love when they commit to that so i thought it was really fun um i loved melissa the the character itself like the bit itself wasn't necessarily that interesting to me but i think one of the times when comedy is at its strongest is when the actor like commits in like full sincerity to whatever they're doing. They are fully buying in. And specifically, every time Melissa would make a jab at uh, Car Carlos Carlitos, the way her eyes and her face would drop and she'd be like, oh, <laughs> I did it again. And she genuinely looked so sad. And it's that, that flip from one extreme to the other that then when she goes back into it, that's what makes it so funny because you bought into the remorse just 20 seconds prior. Mm -hmm. So I thought... I thought update um, was solid. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy this too. Um, and uh, I really liked the Kamala joke at the beginning of Weekend Update. I, I like that. The, <laughs> I, I mean, I felt like they were going somewhere with that. And on the delivery was really, really strong there. So um, there were some really good jokes tonight. And I enjoyed it. Melissa's piece. Um, I, I definitely want to rewatch this. Uh, I, I like, look, I think that her best spot on the show in general has been on Weekend Update between the Dolly Parton stuff and, and you know, and this tonight. And um, so uh, obviously, as many times as we can get her on the show on weekend update whether it's you know two or three times a season if she's still with us on the show like i i'm okay with that i mean i, I enjoy her when she's on update okay uh let's move on to our post update sketches and next up we have a throne room sketch and this was another you know sketch with a lot of cast members in it this time cecily and bowen we're gonna go back in time and they're gonna be in charge of a party in the throne room so they're setting everybody up to come in for the party uh keenan thompson as the snake guy lizzo as the sensuous lady with andrew as his tender boy mikey spits fireballs uh 80 with the crazy laugh aristotle playing loud music uh ego alex Alex and Sarah are about to have sex. Chris comes in with the enormous penis and feather to fan the sex. Uh, Kate with the goat. Kyle as the puckish imp. And Punky introducing our king. So lots of cast members in this one. Dave, what were your thoughts on Throne Room? I thought A-plus costumes, hair and makeup, first of all. Whoever, they were all fantastic uh, production design. I feel like this sketch was more fun to read 
than it was to write, which was more fun than playing in it, which is more fun than watching it. I think in that order, reading it, writing it, playing in it, watching it is the order, I think, of enjoyment for me. Uh, it wasn't that great of a sketch, but it looks like it might have been so much fun to read and write. Um, uh, and then Chris Red giving me some Gregory Hines and History of the World Part 1 vibes, that whole sketch. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I agree with your sentiment there. Uh, Kalina, what were your thoughts? Yeah, it, it was fine. Um, perfectly kind of in line with like what I expect, you know, for the post update sketches, uh, as, as we've spoken, it they either have a certain like deterioration in quality, or they get really kind of zany and off the wall. Um, I, I will say, and I don't like necessarily know if I'm allowed to say this word on here. I feel like SNL has been so horny lately. <laughs> no, because like the the Gyllenhaal episode, I went back and checked. They mentioned or referenced sex in every single sketch, and I feel like I've just been so much more aware that there it's it's just happening a lot to me lately. So I'm just like a little bit curious what's going on in the writers' room and um, to end up producing what a is a lot of late nights clean us. <laughs> what what essentially is like a big you know party orgy i will say then as a result like the reveal that it was for like a child king like that did make me laugh especially because that kid was fully was just like all right well, what's this about what are we gonna do um so I, I guess i like enjoyed it enough for for a post update sketch but i will probably never remember that this exists I thought the child thing, let me just say, was very weird as a judge's general <laughs> choice because it didn't add necessarily to the comedy. And then you start to think to yourself, like, okay, well, these three people are going to have sex in front of this kid. Like, it was just, it was very weird. Like, it was like, what was the point it was of that? It's a weird time. It was a weird yeah, time so back was, then. I guess, I guess, yeah. There's like a King Joffrey like coming in. Um, okay, uh, Kaylee, what were your thoughts on the throne room? I had no idea what the hell was going on. Um, <laughs> it reminded me of when I was in college and I was studying theater <laughs> and every once in a while I'd be like, well, you know, we've only had the four people in a play. We've got to get everyone in the play, you know? And it felt like they had to get everyone in the play. Um, when, and it was amusing, um, but I had no idea what the hell was going on. And um, yeah, the kid was awkward. Um, I I won't remember this one. I, I the funny the best part was Bowen trying not to break. That was amusing and and hilarious to me. <laughs> I will disagree, and I will say the best part <laughs> was Andrew Dismukes as the tender boy. I think that ah. Lizzo and <laughs> Andrew having fun together to me was the best part. And we were talking, Dave, you we were talking earlier about Dismukes. Uh, there's just, he's clicking with me every single time he's on the screen. Like, I, I think he's just bringing this, like, um, you know, he had a good first season. He's having a great second season on the show. It's just really everything he does. I can't think of other cast members he reminds me of, which is why I like him so much. Interesting. Yeah, there were some, there were actually some Will Forte comparisons that people were talking about a lot over the episodes. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know if he's fully there in terms of like, he's not fully in the weird. So, um, but really the fact that he's like writing a lot of really strong sketches this season too, like it's it's just like, uh, we've heaped a lot of praise on a lot of people, but uh, I want to continue to double down that Andrew is just, you know, giving it his all every time he's on the screen. I think it's interesting, briefly, on the um, Forte bit, I saw someone say that in the comments, and it, it kind of made me think that a sketch like this, it's interesting how different it could be or how, how well it may have worked if it was a different cast. Like, if it was this exact sketch, not a word change, but it was, like, Sudeikis and Forte, I would probably think it was hysterical. Mm. So, it's, I don't know. It's food for thought. Mm. Interesting. 
Yeah, for sure. That, I mean, uh, those some of the best, right? So they they could elevate I'm, any sketch they were in. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm and I, a lot I, of Chris I, Elliott in the chat too. Which yeah, is exactly. Really good. Really good smart. Yeah, that's a that's a great yeah. point. So um, yeah, Chris Elliott, who obviously like has had a, had a huge career, but like on the show itself, you know, was not there for too long. And I think just Mukes is really setting himself to be one of the staples of the future of the show in terms of his mm-hmm. pairings, and that he's been out with all these cast members, and uh, I think he's going to be there for a very long time. Okay. Next up, we have Orchestra. This was a sketch that featured Lizzo, 80, Mikey, Heidi, Kate, Alex, Chris, Keenan, and Bowen, uh, written by Alex English and Mike DiCenzo. Uh, Mikey Day is a conductor, and Chris Red comes in uh, with his flutist, uh, Lizzo. And uh, everybody's really trying to keep it together as we find out that Lizzo can only play the flute if she is twerking. Kalina, what were your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, look, like, it was probably inevitable that we were going to get some sort of twerking sketch, right? Like, that's, you know, this is one of those sketches that was kind of written, you know, around or for the host. I wasn't quite sure where I was going to land. In the beginning, it had kind of a slow start, and I was like, oh, I feel like this joke is going to get really repetitive. Um, But then the combination of, and again, you guys will notice my favoritism here, of, like, Alex starting to dance really weird, and then AD coming in and doing just, like, the AD thing where she just puts on the little voice. Voice and just says something in a funny way the, the violin starting to play as Lizzo was explaining about like how she can't play the flute unless she's twerking and then everyone just dancing so horribly at the end I will say that I was like fully on board by the end of it yeah th- this looked like a lot of fun I'm sure if you're in the house and you're watching this I think this is a great sketch to watch Kaylee yeah. what did you think of it I, I wasn't I agree with Kalina I, I think it took a, a minute to warm up but I was completely sold by two things. Uh, and that was 80s proclamation of, well, if it can't be one person, why don't we all twerk? Or she said it better. Um, and then the second thing that won me over was Keenan's wig. Because that made me yes. laugh. <laughs> yeah. Dave, what did you think of this? Yeah, I, I definitely got in Keenan's wig. That was definitely the highlight of the sketch for me. This <laughs> sketch looks like it was written by somebody who didn't know who Lizzo was before this week and Googled her and said, oh, she twerks and she plays the flute. Oh, okay, I got it. Um, so uh, not a lot of surprises for me, but I it was, it was just okay for me. I think for me the most fun was uh, uh, Keenan's wig and uh, for some reason Kate is killing me in the sketch yeah. uh that character that she has she can just like turn anything into a moment any throwaway thing you throw at kate she's going to turn it into a moment somehow the same way keenan can and that that's the sketch is exactly what uh he would expect from that moment yeah i think i think this was a really fun sketch probably more fun than funny but i think that uh yeah. you know that, that that's probably the best way to, to describe it i think my biggest worry about the sketch when it was playing live was i think it was at one point where keenan was like uh Lizzo was twerking right near keenan and keenan looked like really into it and i was like is this going to be a sketch about people being attracted to lizzo or is it about the flute and the twerking and they went in the direction of the flute and twerking which i actually think was a better direction for the overall yeah. sketch quality mm-hmm. as opposed to making this whole thing about uh the orchestra being all you know like into lizzo so um i think this got this got a little bit better because of that so i just think like hey cast members having fun heidi was cracking up i never see heidi break yeah. in sketches and i like that to me was really fun like if you never do it and you do it once in a while that works for me so um that was a lot of fun okay Last sketch of the night, we get Steve's 
Beanie Babies. Uh, this is a Claire O'Kane and Streeter Seidel sketch, uh, which featured Lizzo, Mikey, Heidi, Bowen, and Andrew Dismukes. And um, this was, I, I assume, partially written by Andrew as well, um, where uh, Andrew's life's work becomes completely wasted because he <laughs> has been collecting Beanie Babies for years, only to find out they are completely worthless. And it just goes down a rabbit hole of now he wants to draw Mario, but he's really drawing Luigi and Lizzo's cracking up the entire time so uh kaylee uh let's take it home what do you think of this final sketch of the night in a word triggered this, <laughs> okay this happened this happened to the best of us we were tricked we were tricked by the beanie babies and i felt the pain of this sketch <laughs> oh my god we all thought it was gonna pay for our college and everything so i i love they they took that that reference that people probably haven't thought about in years that we all thought that we were going to get rich off Beanie Babies and they made a thing. Um, and yeah, I, I loved the pairing of, of Lizzo and Andrew together again. Yeah. They, they were a really great pair tonight. Um, but, oh, it was good. It was fine, <laughs> but mostly triggering. Interesting. Dave, were you triggered as well? I was not triggered, but it did remind me of the 1500 baseball cards and, uh, 500 Marvel and DC comic books I have in my garage that I thought was going to pay for my first house that I've been told is worthless. I should find some kid to give it to. <laughs> uh, um, uh, it felt like uh, Lizzo was breaking more than Adele uh, throughout this entire episode. I don't know if you ever had a, a host that broke that much since Adele and maybe Brittany Murphy before her. Uh, but I like I like the the last third of the sketch better than I like the first two thirds of it. I'll, I'll I'll just leave it at that. Okay. I know actually there was a cut for time, uh, which ended up online a, from the Daniel Kaluuya episode last year, which was a Beanie Baby sketch. It was not the same premise, but there was a Beanie Baby sketch there. So not the first time it's been mentioned on SNL. And to me, this is really fun. I love a good crawl on SNL, uh, going back all the way to the days of Buck Henry in his monologues during the first few seasons when he would be talking and uh, we would get what the producers were actually thinking about while he was talking. And um, I love that this ended on the the real thoughts yeah, of Andrew good. Dismukes as he escaped this, the scene. And this was the last time he had ever seen his friends and family. And he asked his son to stop writing to him. So got very dark very quickly. And I think that, uh, Kalina, you're definitely going to have to check it out. And for anybody who uh, didn't watch to the end of the night, um, this was, uh, this was a lot of fun. So, um, okay, let's talk about what was cut tonight. So, uh, there was a pre-tape that was supposed to air called YouTube dinner that was cut for time, uh, cut at dress. Obviously we spoke about Lizzo and Kyle on weekend update. I believe James Austin Johnson had something he was trying to go for weekend update, but it didn't make it to dress. So we'll mm -hmm. see if that pops up anywhere. We got to find out what that is. We'll talk about it throughout the week. Uh, kitchen staff was cut at dress tonight. This was the second version of the longhorn sketch from the Ariana DeBose episode. So that was a Billy Domino, James Austin Johnson, and Andrew Dismuke sketch um, that was cut. We also had a second version of the Costco meeting sketch that was cut from this episode. That was also the first one cut from the Kim Kardashian episode. So um, yeah, those were our cut sketches from the night. Okay, let's give our ratings for the night kaylee i will start with you we're going to ask for your ratings out of 10 and chat if you can give us your ratings as well i'm gonna go with a seven uh i thought tonight's show was really fun but the thing that i really took away from it 
was it seemed that Lizzo and the cast were all having a ton of fun. And that made it a really, really enjoyable show for me to watch. Okay. Dave, what was your rating for the night? I would say an eight for fun and a six for uh, writing. Uh, so I'm going to throw that, that seven again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Kalina, what do you think? What was your rating for the night? I hate to be a copycat, but that's exactly where I land. Like, I, I don't have a lot of necessarily like negative criticisms, but the writing um, definitely was not as strong as it could have been. So, yeah, I would probably also land it as a. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I would agree myself. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the chat tonight and I do have to say, uh, I think like seven was probably the right score for me. Uh, this might be the highest ratings I've seen from the chat all season long. Um, I just think that maybe this wasn't the best episode of the season, but as far as like general consensus, I don't see too many people hating on this episode. Some of the best, some of the, uh, my personal best episodes of the season were also some of the most polarizing episodes. I think the general consensus about this one was this was a very fun episode. I think people were having fun with it and going into the break. It's very, very exciting. So uh, I'm really uh, excited to continue to break down this episode all week long. So let's talk about what's going to be coming up here on the SNL Network this week and on Monday night, we will be back here for our Lizzo roundtable. We will bring in the great Bill Kenny, Andrew Haynes, and Morgan Kaloran to break down the sketches in even more detail. Make sure to join us for that Monday show to talk about the details of all of those sketches. Special time for our patron feedback show this week. If you like watching that show, you want to get your questions in, talk, hear what's happening in SNL social media, we're going to be doing that on Tuesday evening. I believe it'll be Tuesday late. It'll be about 10 p.m. Eastern show. So if you want to watch that, if you don't always are able to catch the Wednesday shows and you want to watch it on Tuesday, you could do that. Um, I will be actually going out of town on Wednesday. So we moved around the schedules uh, this week. But of course, I'll talk about that during the week. Uh, and then on Monday, April 25th, there will be a little bit of a hiatus between our patron feedback show in the next week these super fans will be back and they'll be talking about the best of the 2010s and you might be asking um you know why the best of the 2010s is it nostalgia because of tonight with the black ips and the beanie babies and all that stuff no it's not because <laughs> of that it's because snl has released dvds of the best of the 70s 80s 90s and 2000s but they never did it for the 2010s, these super fans are going to come in. They're going to tell you the moments that should be on the best of the mm -hmm. 2010s DVD. So look out for that show live on Monday, April 25th. And of course, we have some more fun things, including our By the Number show planned for our off weeks as well. Okay. Kaylee, can you please tell the listeners where they can reach out to you and give us a thought on what's coming up in May? We have host Benedict Cumberbatch coming in for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness mm -hmm. and Arcade Fire coming in for their new album, We. So a lot of time, you know, Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, he's hosted before once. Arcade Fire, we've seen them on the show five or six times before. So it's been, a, you know, they've been around. What are your thoughts on this show coming up? And please tell the listeners where they can reach out to you. I think on this show coming up, we'll see some kind of, um, what are the Cumberbitches? Like, you remember that? <laughs> that Our bitch is count that, is, is going high yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Is that still on? Um, I, maybe some kind of reference to that. Um, and uh, for me, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Kaylee Morrison. Uh, check me out on Instagram because I am doing a month of characters all month long. I'm doing a bunch of original characters and having a lot of fun with that. Also, um, I have a podcast of my own called Twin Indigenous that I do with my twin sister and we're indigenous. Yeah. So there's yeah. that title. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, Thank for sure. You. Make sure to check that out. <laughs> One of the best podcasts there is. Dave, oh, or can the listeners reach out to you? 
Uh, you can find me at Dave Buckman on Twitter and Facebook and now TikTok, apparently. Uh, or uh, Cold Town Theater in Austin, Texas. We're in fundraising mode to find a new venue. Uh, so if you want to donate to Cold Town, we have a Patreon as well. Or just hit us up on PayPal at jamcityllc at gmail.com and uh, throw us some ducats. That would be very much appreciated. Uh, I am looking forward to, I'm going to see Aristotle and Andrew Dismukes and Chris Red this week at Moon Tower Comedy Festival. So I'm excited to see those live shows. And um, I am really hoping for a Bob Odenkirk hosted episode at the end of the season. Yeah, are you excited mm-hmm. for Benedict Cumberbatch to come in though? Nah. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, Kalina, what are your thoughts on that show? And of course, please tell the listeners where they can find everything that you are doing. He's fine. You know, he just like, I just don't fine. feel anything one way or the other when I watch him in anything. Um, so that'll be fine. You can find me uh, on social media at Shut Up Kalina. You can also find me on Jimmy Kimmel Live's YouTube channel, you guys, if you go to <laughs> the April 1st Jimmy and Jimmy prank um, I'm at like the 220 mark or something. It was fun. Yeah, that's really awesome. And yeah, I think you posted some stuff on your social media as well. So people can yeah. see that uh, for sure. Yeah. So uh, for me, at least, uh, we'll talk about this more on Monday. I mean, I, I was very uh, like I had a g- good memories of the Benedict Cumberbatch episode because there was the time that the Chicago Cubs came on weekend update right after they won the World Series. So personally, yeah. uh, that was a little bit special for me. But we'll we'll break down our thoughts about the episode on the roundtable. Um, you, if you want to find out more about what we do here at the SNL Network and why we created the podcast, uh, they just released released on this podcast called pod sauce i was interviewed by two hosts on there dax and alicia and they spoke to me for about 15 minutes if you look it up on youtube uh the snl network uh interview with john schneider uh we talked a little bit about you know why it's important to have a community around saturday night live and talk about the show and how great it is to get to talk to all of you each and every saturday night so if you wanted to check that out that's been recently posted you can check out all the really fun things we're doing on social media on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok our social media team including nicole rovine who heads that is just fantastic with all the stuff they are constantly working on. So please make sure to follow us over there. You can find the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to all of those. It really helps people find the show and leave your star ratings and reviews. You can also find me at John Schneider24 if you want to talk to me at all during this hiatus. I, I, I you know, I want SNL to be on every week. And you know, when it's not there, I miss all of you. So make sure to reach out and say hello. Okay. Aww. For Kaylee, Dave, and Kalina, and everybody else here in the chat, thank you so much for joining us here for the Lizzo Double Duty Week. We will see you on Monday night for our roundtable, everybody. Have a good one. (laughs) 